Welcome to Beach Houses and Babies, a private practice recap podcast. I'm Sam. On today's episode, we'll be chatting all about Private Practice Season 4, Episode 15, Two Steps Back, written by Ayana A. Floyd and directed by Jeff Blechner. It aired on February 24th, 2011. Enjoy! Today, we have another very special guest host on the pod. They get even more attached to fictional characters than I do, and they have exquisite taste in media. Please welcome our Amelia scholar, Margot. Hi. I'm sorry. <laughs> I Sam was really struggling with the words for a second, and it's not funny, but it got me in a way that I could not describe. That's my No, bad. it's funny. I was fully prepared to be a, like a serious person, but... Well, oh, I thought you were laughing at my description of you. I mean, there's also that, but no, I was laughing at the fictional. Fictional characters. And that's why you should be in our Patreon community. In our Patreon community, because only they get to hear my mess ups. Oh, no. Except that one. I'll probably keep that one in. Yeah, this is going to be a rough one. I can't wait. It is. It's going to be great. (laughs) We're already having a day. How have you been? I it's been a minute hasn't it it's been like half a year I think yeah our last um well I mean we talk like every day but, but our last came out it came out in like June yeah yeah because I wanted you on 4-1 well now here I am here you're back what else are you reading and or watching right now oh gosh reading I haven't been doing a lot of because I haven't been able to get my brain to focus on literature uh I've read so many research articles and so many things that uh my brain is burnt out from reading um, but watching, huh, this is excellent timing because I get to hee 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 plug what I finished watching that ruined my life. Um, I just finished watching The Americans for the first time, which sounds bananas because it ended four years ago. But here I am finally watching it, something that was on my watch list for like ages and ages. And it is legit. I think it's possibly like the best show I've ever seen. Like it's is it's that good like in the final season every single episode banger after banger like you cannot tell me shows like a lot of shows that have a lot of really good final seasons because they usually fumble the bag in some weird way or the series finale ends up being absolute you know dog water so (laughs) you know the series finale of the americans is probably one of the most perfect episodes of television i've ever watched like in my life it has an average IMDb rating of 9.7 out of 10. Tell me what show has that for a final episode. Yeah, exactly. I'll wait. Yeah, no, that's amazing. I am just a little like, last time you were on, you were like, I just finished ER. It's the best show I've ever watched in my life. And then I watched the entire thing within the time of your last guest host and this guest host. That did happen. Yes. Yeah. And I also, yeah. I wasn't even done with ER then. I finished it because I had started in April and I finished it in July. So. Wow. Uh, yeah, I mean, it was like summer, so I powered through that ish. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I did. So back then, I hadn't finished, but I have finished that. So that's an update for the people in case they were concerned about my journey. <laughs> but, we do have one listener who was like, "I want to talk to Margot about ER," and then I because ER changed my life. Um, yes. Yeah, ER was was it for me, and then th- but ER and the Americans are such different kinds of excellence. It's so hard to describe, but like. You know, ER is your silly little procedural with, like, your silly little family. And every episode, it's like, ooh, new stuff. But, like, there's, like, the little 
overarching plot lines and relationships and stuff but the americans is just like a master class in television like carrie russell and matthew reese are giving you performances like nobody else they are giving you guest stars of the likes of Margot martindale and etc like they are giving you everything truly phenomenal television i am still in absolute a fragile state post watching the series finale yesterday like it really i could not process or believe what i was witnessing yeah it's excellent (laughs) Uh Yeah, so I'm going to be say watch the Americans please do I mean I watched a lot of TV since last time I was on but if I had to recommend something it would be the Americans or for all mankind I also watched for all mankind oh my god in a league of their own oh my god so much television sorry I watched so much I've been listening to a lot of stuff podcasts and music as well because that's what I spend a lot of my time doing like when I'm studying etc tell me about those I listen to a lot of music um i okay i'm gonna start with podcasts actually i just lied to you i spread a little misinformation it's fine (laughs) there's a podcast that i can't believe i didn't mention last time that i have been a fan of for quite some time i my god i can't believe i didn't even mention it last time um you know if anybody listens to las culturistas you'd get it um those are my besties loves of my life they're the funniest episodes you will ever listen to like be careful if you're driving you might have to pull over because like you're gonna be in pain you're laughing so hard (laughs) so las culturistas are always a way to go and it's like it's fun to have a podcast that you don't have to listen to in order like you can just like pick episodes of guest stars that you want to listen to like i always love that but i have listened to every episode so like there's that. If you are an ER fan, then definitely give a little listen to the Setting the Tone ER podcast because yes. there's like no ER podcast because it ended in 2008. Lovely little recap podcast has like great like cast and crew interviews and like really great like recaps and stuff. So they're in like season eight now, I think. So they're they're making their way. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's a good time if you listen, if you like ER. And if you're listening to the interviews like I am, don't listen to those until you finish the show because they do spoil them. Yes, it is. N- they are not spoiler free. Um, yes. But there's some really excellent ones. If I had to recommend any specifically, I'd re- recommend the one with Laura Innes who plays Carrie Weaver. Yes. It's a phenomenal interview. She is so funny, but she has so many good things to say about her experience and so much like insight and knowledge about like what it was like to play her character or like to be on that show like she's lovely like Mm -hmm. absolute lovely person so I also loved the one with nurse Dawn whose human name I am not remembering but the nurse who comes in in the later seasons I liked that one a lot too yeah I I didn't say it because I couldn't remember her name so I was like I'm not gonna say that because I'm gonna say the wrong name no I just say nurse Dawn um and then I also love the one with nurse Linda and the cop who are married in real life they oh have yes, a combined yes I forgot interview, about that and they're just so cute and you can it's tell they've so been good. married for like 50 years and oh yeah hi- highly suggest all of those yeah the hosts are really great they all have a lot of like different like life experiences to like bring to the table and like different connections with the show and stuff so mm-hmm. it's mm-hmm. a it's a great time I love a good podcast oh good and you mentioned music Yes, I am a big music listener. Um, we're coming up on, you know, the Spotify wrapped. I mean, that already happened. But like, <laughs> you know, there's a lot of good music that came out in 2022. Um, I'm gonna drop some good ones. Uh, Preacher's Daughter by Ethel Kane. Album changed my life. First Aid Kit's new album Palomino. Um, Ways Bloods and In the Darkness Hearts Aglow. We got Muna's self-titled. Like, it was an, it was a year for music. 
um, Five Seconds Flat by Lizzie McAlpine, the new Florence and the Machine album, Dance Fever. Like, it, Mitski came out with that. Like, oh my God, there's just so much music that came out this year that I was just like, whoa, hold up. Like, this, there's too much excellence happening. You go to more concerts in a year than I've been to in my whole life, so. I did go to quite a few this year, and I already have some booked for next year that I'm very excited about, so. Oh, I get good. to see Ways Blood. I get to see First Aid Kit. I get to see Maggie Rogers. Like, oh, we're going to be having a time. What about you? Have you listened to anything good recently? I discovered by way of our dear, dear guest host, Caitlin, Michael and Michelle. Okay. Did you ever watch Downton Abbey? No. So it's Lady Mary and one of the footmen, and they started their own little, like, indie folk acoustic-ish band and they only have one ep right now called the watching silence but Mm -hmm. it is beautiful okay and it has nothing to do with downton abbey it's just like that's where people know them from came together got it yeah michael and michelle their ep is great i'm also really into renee rap's ep right now oh it's so oh how did i not mention that oh my god it's so good it's it's great it's great the songs on that are just oh my god she's so good i'm also still really into midnights obviously yeah my kind of affinity for it kind of like wore down a little bit there's some songs on it that are just like absolute bangers that i will continue to go back to yeah but overall as a work i wouldn't say it's like one of my top albums of the year just because there's a lot more albums that i got like way more playtime out of like and i mean it did come out in october but still in terms of like what i will continue to be listening to it's gonna be a little bit less of that yeah it was the end of october oh gosh i am a little bit ashamed of how many times i've played that album and the thing is that, like, there are three different albums. You have, like, the original one. Then you have the 3 a.m. version with the extra seven songs. And yep. then you have, like, it's not the children's v- version, but, like, the, the clean appropriate. Version. Yeah, the clean yeah. version, which, honestly, I like better. Interesting. I sometimes feel like a swear word is, like, the lazy way to go, kind of. And some of hers sound incredibly forced. Like, I listen to some music with some cursing in it, but it's always, like... It feels right for the vibe. Yeah. But like, it's sometimes, it sounds like she's putting them in there to put them in there. And I'm like, yeah, it's like, especially, pop. I'm thinking of like Maroon and, yep. yeah. It says like, like a Vegas dancer or something instead of a swear word. I don't know. Anyway, check out the clean version. So my 3 a.m. version, oh boy. <laughs> yeah. A lot, of, like, like over 300 times in two months, which is an issue. Oof. Oh, going through it. Yeah, but I gonna I'm gonna just uh pl- plug. I'm just gonna plug Renee Rapp's EP and Michael and Michelle's yeah. EP. Also, uh-huh. <laughs> do you have anything else to promote? I don't know. The world's kind of on fire as usual. So be nice to each other, please. We're all struggling and going through it. Speaking of, before we started, we were talking about White Lotus, and then I was like, Oh my god. Yes, Wait, let me pause. you said you had. So I had never watched it because last year or whenever it was on 2020. Yeah, 2021. I, yeah, people were like, oh, yeah, there's a murder and it's about like these rich people. So I thought, and that was when like all of those weird horror movies were out about like rich people sacrificing not rich people at like dinner parties, like the horror movies. Hide what and kind seek, of movies are you watching? <laughs> well, I'm not watching them, but I just oh, don't. Right. not? 
Yes, that one. That one. I love that movie. Oh, it's so good. Melanie Scarfano is in that. Yeah, so I never uh oh, Winona Earp? Yes. Okay, cool. Yeah, I've never seen it. Don't intend to. Not that Oh, it's excellent. You know. But I didn't watch it because I thought it was a horror film. Like I thought it was it's, a horror TV show. I would not. And it's not. It. So no, then yeah. this time, this second season, when all the memes came out about like how funny it was. Oh yeah. I said, you know what? Maybe I will give this a chance. So I did and I watched it's not a show I can binge because it's so awkward. Yeah, I yeah, and I've never binged it because I watched it I watched the first season when it was coming out on its like weekly release. Yeah. And then like I watched season two when it's coming out with its early like weekly release. So I can't even imagine what it's like for people who binge that I like do not it's know so, what that's like it's so awkward because I watched it from week to week it gives me a week to process like the like moderately traumatic things that happen to people in each episode like moderately <laughs> traumatic that's a great way to look at it so I watched like two at a time so I watched the first season in like three days and I'm yeah. two episodes into the second season so I'll watch this probably in like four days okay it's longer. okay but there's some excellent performances in season two, I will say. Yeah. Where can we find you online? Nowhere. We're hunkering down. Okay. Uh, so if you want to get in touch with Marco, let me know. Okay. So our patient breakdown for season four, episode 15, is first notes and miscellaneous per usual. And then we have Andy with what they call multiple personality disorder, but is currently recognized as dissociative identity disorder. Tanya George has Down syndrome and is pregnant. And then we have our, what do you, what did you call it? The therapy hour? I said, oh, I said it's um, Charlotte and Cooper's therapy era. Era. Okay, cool. So just to make you mad, I'll call it the charcuterie therapy era, even though You're I know done. you- Sharkoop? I mean, it doesn't make me that mad. They are Sharkoop. And we've had this conversation before. They are Sharkoop. It is nothing I'm... else. Sharkoopery. A little it's cheese so plate silly. with olives and some nuts. Ew. I don't like olives or nuts. I love olives. Oh, just give the green ones a chance. Uh, it's a texture thing. It's a texture thing. It really is. That's fair. That's fair. It's doctors Charlotte King and Cooper Friedman with couples therapy. So, and then we have stuff about Violet's book, but we're just going to put that in miscellaneous. My very first note for season four, episode 15 is, LOL, the hoops we are jumping through in order to not see Maya are wild. Uh, I said, Columbia admission said she's the perfect candidate. I was like, okay, cool. Man, you have such like a normal person's first note. Mine is so goofy. Please tell me. Mine is just literally a goofy just, guy. Uh, okay, green screen. That's the first thing I wrote because I was like, <laughs> wow, okay, green screen. Like the way you can see it around Tay Diggs' head. I don't know. That's what I felt the need to acknowledge first. I think it was our episode with Mimi when I was talking about our special insider prop PA. They discovered the syringe filled with air thing that I was mentioning. And they said that around work, they call it, we'll leave it for the blogs. That's it's funny. a goof that is like fine. So that's said, so funny. We call leave it leaving it for the blogs. I was also confused. Olivia's not going to Columbia with Maya. Like, what about Dink? Are they still married? Are we just going to forget that seasons one and two and three ever happened? Well, Maya doesn't exist anymore. So. I know it makes me 
unreasonably she angry. Merely as a hypothetical now. Like they're we like bring well, her up have... in every episode. She's brought up constantly, but she will simply never be seen again. Okay. All right. <laughs> the tension in my face makes I Mad. Yeah, I was Mad. about to like, are you all right? Like, are you doing good? Um, yeah. Sure, sure I am not. Sure I'm not doing well. <laughs> Felt that. I also have a tangent on these cushions, these outdoor okay. lounge cushions. Please. Okay, so at first I was like, are we at Addison's house or are we at Sam's house? I always get their like back deck balconies confused because they're – right next like, to each other so right the theater isn't different and like it's always interchangeable for parties but anyway I was like I feel like Addison would not have these couch cushions these like outdoor cushions on her loungers I feel like she'd have more of like a light maybe blue and white nautical moment yeah but they're like brown with like yellow and maroon it doesn't really feel like her vibe no, it looks like one of Sam's like button down shirts. Maybe they were a gift. No, but then I was like, I bet they're at Sam's house, not Addison's house. It, yeah, I can never. Do not ask me which one is which because no. I no. They so look they do the make same. sense. They do make more sense for Sam's house. They're more. They're more a Sam vibe for Sam's house. But for Addison's, that's not her aesthetic at all. No, not at all. Not at all. Speaker truth. And then I was like, red wine. Makes sense for the cushions to be dark because they're always drinking red wine, I guess. They absolutely are always drinking red wine. Yeah. Yeah. And Naomi and Sam are such cute grandparents together. Yeah. I'm not like the biggest Naomi Sam fan ever. But no, but like that's... their banter as grandparents is funny. Yeah. I mean, I love Audrey McDonald. Like to the ends of the earth, but I of will course. never stop talking about like maybe why I'm not such a Naomi fan. I know controversial, but no, it's it's not. It's not that controversial. Is it something that you can say now or something that you need to wait for? I absolutely cannot talk about any uh, any spoilers. So yeah. Okay, cool. So yeah, we can we'll talk about it at a later date. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, there's just <laughs> I feel like if I start going off, I might accidentally like say something, so I'm just not no, going to let myself like go there. Yeah. I love with about 10 E's violet sweater dress, that green sweater dress. Yeah. I would absolutely wear it today. Yeah, I was like, okay, like 2011, but like but, giving us actually something that we could wear now. Yeah. I would absolutely wear it today. Looks Send comfy. It, it looks yeah. so comfy. I was little like, wow. gold belt. Interesting. Yeah. Very, it's very moment. Ugh. When they are talking about her book, I was like, here we go. It's one of my least favorite plot lines in the entire series. I uh, mm, yeah, not very excited for it. But anyway, not my favorite. But it's happening, and we'll rip the bandaid off. Yeah, it's here. It's it's ready, and we're just gonna go with it. So. Violet says, no one else had a problem with it. I said, yes, they did, Violet. Yes, they did. I would too. And then Pete says, I hate your book, Violet. He kind of went there. I'm not the biggest Pete fan either, but like that moment, I was like, okay. Yeah. Uh-huh. Anything else for first notes before we move on to Andy? I was kind of just trying to take 
in I didn't write a lot of first notes before we get into any of that because I was really just trying to take in like but no 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 and when it. you're when you're on a podcast trying not to spoil it for everyone you're like hey, that part that's yes. why my notes can be so weird sometimes because I'm like I don't think I can talk about that but once it comes if it comes up in conversation then we can yeah and you can always feel free to say it and I can be like mm, not there yet is uh are gray spoilers okay Yes, gray spoilers are totally fine. Okay. Gray's spoilers are totally fine through season, like, 18. If it is the current season, I give a little, like, you might want to fast forward. And there is no reason why I would be talking about that. No. So, yeah. Not in this this one. Yeah. All right. let's Let's move on to Andy with dissociative identity disorder. So do you, do you want to take it away? Yeah, so we're talking about the storyline with Andy. She does not have a last name. I just had to double check. I know. I was shocked about that. Because I was also checking in IMDb credits. Uh, yeah, and there are multiple was... family members and we're not going to give her a full name. Cool. Yeah, and that's like totally like a random detail, but I sometimes like to know that stuff for like literally no reason. No, me too. Um, but yeah, so I study psychology and that gives me absolutely no qualification to talk what I'm talking about, but I have taking classes where we kind of dive into this stuff pretty extensively so I was like "Ooh, I get to kind of use some of my knowledge and talk about this for people who may not know much about the history of um dissociative identity disorder or like what it actually is and what it actually entails yeah and from a perspective that's not like I don't know media affected like a media portrayal of dissociative identity disorder see the episode we were talking about which I'm gonna have some things to say about that but um <laughs> uh so yeah they recognize it as multiple personality disorder um which I have a problem with the way that they use that in this episode considering this is set in the you know late 2010s yeah it's 2011 yeah so 2011 why did I say late 2010s I meant to say late 2000s ha 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 brain yeah so it was f- replaced in the DSM-4, which came out around 1994. So MPD was in, like, the DSM-3 that was around, like, 1970-ish. But then it became replaced by Dissociative Identity Disorder, DID, in the DSM-4 around, like, the early 90s. So the fact that they even used an MPD diagnosis in this episode and Sheldon and Violet were recognizing it as such is so strange to me because i'm Mm -hmm. like why would they even use that if like that's just like that was so odd to me because i'm like wait like this is known information if you are up to date with what would have been the dsm-4 at the time and the dsm-5 would be coming out pretty soon it would still be did so that was one little thing that i clocked that i was like why did they do it this way this is very uninformed yeah it's not even like it was one or two years after no like the dsm-4 came out in the 90s yeah you had more than a decade to not do that but yeah all right (laughs) and it's not even it's not even like it's a it's a disorder that is unknown like I feel like it's very written about in fiction it is known you would know I'm just saying that like you would know like it's not like it's some rare disease that no it's something that people would have at least some sort of frame of reference to maybe not an accurate one because media portrayals of DID are so sensationalized and so 
poorly done. I don't know if I've ever seen one that is actually good. I might have you just seen, not be up to date with anything. Have you seen the SVU with Cynthia Nixon? I definitely have, but I don't remember it like at all. I believe she actually won an Emmy for that. Oh, really? Or a guest star. She has DID in that as well, although, you know, it might have been before 94. So it yeah, might I don't not be DID. But uh, anyway, that I haven't watched for a while, but I know that she does it extremely well. I don't know if it's like clinically well done, but you can give that a watch and let me know. Yeah, I would have to kind of like see it through like my critical lens. I'll have to find out what episode that is because now I'm yeah. curious. So aside from that little tangent, I figured I'd kind of break down what DID entails on a very like very light please do yeah level like I'm not gonna go super into it because once again I don't have really the degree for this yet no but there are people with podcasts with less knowledge than you that still talk like they're (laughs) exactly because most of this is directly pulled from the DSM why it's classified as dissociative identity disorder rather than multiple personality because multiple personality disorder kind of implies the idea that it is a personal personality disorder rather than what it actually is, is a dissociative disorder. Um, So that distinction is incredibly important um, to make. So some of the diagnostic criteria for this, which is my little nerdy tangent I get to talk about, because I, I don't know, I love reading about this stuff and love learning about it is um, so the biggest first one that they talk about is two or more distinct identities or personality states are present, which in another subtangent involves a marked discontinuity in sense of self and sense of agency accompanied by related alterations in affect, behavior, consciousness, memory, perception, cognition, and or sensory motor functioning. So that talks about how in lay terms, uh, an alter would behave differently than I guess the host of a system like a did system yeah this is so hard to like discuss in terms that aren't going to be like super scientific sounding no i think like, you're doing really well I'm, a, I'm following and i have no science experience so yeah continue and, i mean your, psych yeah. is a social science so i'm not saying that this is science yeah it's always difficult because some people really don't believe in psych stuff but that's incredibly we different. do we do yeah uh and so in example of this, even though we're going to talk about the fact that this was not real, like the difference between Andy and Gina would be because Gina is an alter and so is then Maggie, Maggie, which having like a child alter is not uncommon in most DID systems. It's not uncommon because a lot of the onset of DID is as a result of of childhood trauma there's a statistic that i cannot remember of like how common that is in did diagnoses and it's like most of them and they set that up with andy's case as well yeah it's onset from some sort of childhood trauma um some of it is a due to like deaths or some of it is due to other things that i cared to not speak about yeah yeah i was just in a childhood psychopathology class and it was just learning about mental illness in childhood and it is gravely depressing so <laughs> yeah I know a lot about this laughs and sadness yeah you kind of had to because you're just like this is so dark yeah so aside from the two or more distinct identities or personality states amnesia must occur 
which would in, uh, include gaps in the recall of everyday events, important personal information, and or traumatic events. And then distressed must be caused in someone's life or must impair functioning in one or more major life areas. So it must become, it has to be incredibly um, imperative to daily functioning. Um, and then like symptoms can't be a result of other like medical conditions or like possibly like substance abuse or et cetera. Th that's just like nitty gritty, like fine detail stuff. Like you'd be like, well, yeah, if it's a symptom of this, then it's not a symptom of this, but it's, it's just in the fine details of diagnostic criteria, things like that. And yeah, that's kind of like a very short overview of diagnostic criteria for yeah. dissociative identity disorder. And I didn't really like list, but like you have to have like a certain amount of like symptoms that fit under certain categories and things like that in when it comes to diagnoses. And that's like all like the really fine detail stuff that you have to like memorize. Uh, I'm not going to go into all that because this would be a very different podcast, but <laughs> uh, that's just a little run through of what DID is and what they refer to by its incorrect term. I, uh, I thank you for that. Jumping, I mean, I have things before we get there, but coming while yeah. we're on the psych part of it, how did you feel about this being not a true case? I don't love it. No, me either. Because in terms of stigma, it doesn't yeah. do good things for people who actually have DID and like having a portrayal of like, oh yeah, people just fake this all the time is like not the message that you want to be putting across in media yeah essentially for attention too you yeah pretty much because like I mean I would go to argue that if she sat with like a different psychiatrist they would come to some other conclusion about some possible issues and they kind of hint at it when Violet's talking about how there was somebody who was like faking it as a result of some sort of borderline personality disorder thing. Now, whether or not that's actually like a thing that would happen is I don't have the qualification for that, but in terms like that would be in terms of like personality disorders and things like that. But I, they were totally foreshadowing it at that yes. instance, uh, which I knew that I remembered this episode when I uh, started watching it and I remembered that this was, Oh yeah, this is the, woman who fakes um dissociative identity disorder but i was like is this really what we need to be doing like is yeah. this really what we there's already so many terrible pieces of media about did and really harmful portrayals of did in media do we need to be adding on to that canon then of just really bad messages like oh yeah you can just fake this for attention and it works like i would I would agree with that. I mean, clearly she did her research because she knew about the fact that alters can present with like different handedness or like mm -hmm. a lot of people end up having like young child alters and like it has to do with like trauma and things like that. She did some research, but like it's not something that you want to put out there like, oh, yeah, people fake this. So like it kind of discredits what suffering or struggles that people actually go through that like have this like in real life it's i don't know it's a little odd as a choice that they were like you know what we're gonna do have somebody fake a condition i agree i think it would be handled differently today i would hope so yeah but uh, medical shows are not always the best with side cases as much as i love er they were they were bad about it pretty frequently so 
Yeah, the 90s were also bad about mental health oh, in general. So. Yeah. <laughs> there's some stuff in the first season where there's like talk about giving somebody a lobotomy. Oh my and, God. And like it was Susan's really gross boyfriend <sighs> that we hated in the first yeah. season. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So getting into Andy's storyline, thank you for that beautiful deep dive. Oh, you're welcome. What's your first note on Andy or are most of them just psych related? I mean, I really just wrote already cringe right off the bat with use of multiple personality disorder, considering that it has not been used as a diagnosis for quite some time. That's fair. That was the That's first fair. thing I wrote. Uh, mine is Paris Geller. Hello. There was also that because I'm like, <laughs> I, well, I knew it was Liza Wilde going into it. So I was just like, oh, my God. Hey, queen. Like, yeah. how are you doing? A Shondaland uh, frequent flyer. So. Yes. Also Bonnie in How to Get Away with Murder. Yep. Yeah, she's excellent. I. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but obviously Paris. Of course, Paris. I love Paris. And then when when uh Sheldon is talking to her sister, I was shocked that it had been ten years since the last time an altar had showed up. Yeah, that's interesting to think about. But and, yeah, I I was. I was confused, like, is she on any medication? Was she on any medication? Was it a real alter before 10 years ago? I, w- I had a lot of questions in the beginning and at the end. This is – I don't want to go on another tangent about Please things. do. Uh, no, please but do. the most common therapy for DID is, like, psychotherapy, um, like, like talk therapy? yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't remember much about if medication is commonly used because... Like, what would it even do? Yeah, the way that it manifests is just so... I mean, it's... Like, sometimes you can kind of, like, quote-unquote, spot treat symptoms, like, for lack of a better term. But, like, for some of, like, the depressive relations, like, to it. And then sometimes with, like, comorbid diagnosis... Like, with a diagnosis like that... There, the, there's pretty high comorbidity for like other different conditions so like you might also have some sort of major depression diagnosis or things like that so like you can then use medication to then treat those but like in terms of this disorder I don't medication's not really gonna do what it would as like an SSRI uh, I'm trying to talk about this in a way that's not going to be like too info dumpy yeah no I th- that's good or too tangential because my brain is like so scatterbrained I got really mad at the sister's fiance for pressuring her to leave right then. Like Arizona yeah. is not that far, but still, whether he believes her or not, which obviously he ends up being correct, her sister is at a mental health emergency and that's the priority. Yeah, even if he was wrong and like this hadn't have been like something that she faked, why would you be pressuring her like when her sister's like having a dissociative episode? Like I Yeah. Something about that is just, like, somebody that you claim to care about if they're genuinely struggling. Like, why would you – I don't know. I know. It made me mad. I know a lot of times on shows, if there's, like, an art piece, then the art department actually does it. But Mm -hmm. it felt to me like Eliza Wyo was actually doing this drawing. No, it looked like she was genuinely, like, coloring. Yeah. I was like, she's a visual artist, too. Is there anything she can't do? She's multi-talented. Multi, multi-talented. And you kind of you kind of love to see it. Kind of love to see it? We absolutely love to see it. I think I found a goof. Oh, where? I was not watching that closely, but... That's okay. At 25 minutes and 50 seconds, we see both Andy and Maggie's drawings when Sheldon's showing to Violet. But 
she totally scratched the first one up in the previous scene, didn't she? Oh, she did. Yeah, and the first in the first scene she scratched. That's so obvious. How did I not even think about that? That's okay. That's why I'm here. The consult scene, it was absolutely perfect again. Whoa. A case of the disappearing art. The disappearing scratches. What happened? No, that's like actually genuinely fascinating to me. Thank you, thank you. I'll be here all week. It's like, how do you... That's like just like a pure continuity error. Yeah. Wild. (laughs) That's so wild. I kind of love stuff on TV like that, though, because like we're so human. And that like sometimes people expect things to be so perfect, but we like we all make mistakes. Come on, though. I I don't make any mistakes. I don't know what you're talking about. Um, kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, well, good for you. Some of us can't say the same. Some of us do. I really like when Sheldon and Violet consult with each other professionally. Honestly, props to Sheldon for putting the book aside and focusing on the patient. Yeah. But, I mean, okay, so we got to talk about this conversation that he was having in the kitchen um, when Amelia pipes in. Because Girly Pop, you know, everybody knows I love her and I love her to death and I will always love her for the rest of eternity. But the way that she talks about psych sometimes, she's so, she's a little infuriating. Sure is. Girl. No, please take it away. Because there was also a really weird thing when Charlotte was going to therapy with dr larry that Mm -hmm. also made me mad about charlotte i should have taken more notes on that but i was not closely paying attention enough no it's fine it's just like uh uh, yeah amelia had weird had weird takes on mental health and i also did not like it yeah and i'm like girl i love you but you've needed a therapist for a very long time to talk through some of your business and don't go see one of your therapist friends Like, please, they're not going to give you what you really need. Mm -mm. She just has some hot takes sometimes that I'm like, maybe you need to filter once again. Like, you learned filtering. Don't tell her that. Do it again. Don't tell her that. No, she does not love to filter, but she should. She doesn't love to filter. She doesn't love to be told to filter. Well, she should sometimes. I mean, obviously, she grows a lot, but. True. True. At the moment, she's a little. A little irritating sometimes, mm-hmm. but I love her. She is my best girl till the day I die. But yeah, I mean, everyone grows, and that's the sign of a good character and a good person. Precisely. Anything else for Andy before we move, we move on to sweet, sweet Tonda George? When I realized that I was doing this episode, I was like, "Oh my god, wait, a fun time!" So that <laughs> was a fun time. It was. All right, Tanya George has Down syndrome and is pregnant. What's your first note? I'm trying to find it. Give me yours because I did not organize this document very well at all. Um, Okay. So I kind of have a stream of consciousness because I'm saying, why is Sam seeing Tanya? Why isn't it Cooper? And I was like, she looks like a teenager to me. And then I remembered that a person with Down syndrome would see a cardiologist, which Sam is, Mm -hmm. because of all the heart issues that are secondary to Downs. And maybe they have a pre-existing relationship, and that's why... And it seemed like they did because... They did, yeah. She was like, you're not checking out my heart. Like, she said something along those lines. Yeah, and that's why... that's That actually, her saying that is what made it click for me. Yeah, the math started mathing in your head. Exactly, exactly. So that is... uh, Yeah, that's 
that's my first note. Did you find yours? I said, not pleased that I have this storyline because Naomi and I clash very much ideologically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was my first note. I literally wrote that. <laughs> Before we get into the eugenics of it all, I just want to say that Tanya's... <laughs> Tanya's reaction to the ultrasound jelly is so relatable <laughs> when Funny. he puts it on her t- on her tummy. She's like, ew. And I said, same girl, same. <laughs> As someone with texture issues, been there. Like, yeah, it's always so cold. Relatable content. Yeah. All right. And then I said, oh, no, the eugenics is coming out. I knew it would. Yeah. Most of my stuff is like about that. Yeah. Just me having comments about things and not yeah. really like none of it is very deep it's just me being like "Ooh, um all right <laughs> yeah I uh I know quite a few people with down syndrome and other you know similar syndromes it makes me mad to think about a world in which they aren't even given the choice to make their own choices yeah just there were so many like ethical boundaries that were being crossed by everyone in the especially in Naomi's case and the way that she's speaking out um the way that she's speaking to people is she that I think that's one of my biggest like fundamental issues with Naomi as a character is that her ideologies and her beliefs are what guide her which can be a very positive thing but when they're so controversial and you cannot see any other side but your own and you're starting to shove that into other people's lives and it starts to affect the way that you start talking to and treating patients and having like making decisions ethically like it's not great and it's not fun and it's not what people want to hear so like I feel like that's a lot of what bothers me about when Naomi because this isn't the only time that something no. like this happens. It's, it's a recurring theme. Her views and her ideologies get in the way of her being able to give care to patients. Yeah, it's it's one thing. I do agree with you that your, you know, moral compass is important as a human being, but it's when you apply it to other people's lives that I have an issue with. Because not everybody has the same values as each other. We can work together and figure out like what we want, but like maybe don't shove your ideas of how the world should be and how things should go on to other people and that's such a thing that she does constantly throughout the entire series and I think that's kind of a good not really spoiler way of attacking some of my fundamental issues with her as a character yeah no I don't think that's a spoiler because we've seen it time and time again in the past exactly and yeah so why would it not continue to the future (laughs) Exactly. Because, like, people change, but do they? Mm-mm. Yeah. Mm. I All was right. confused, and you may not know this, but the genetic screening that they are talking about is called a CVS. But when they do it, it looks like an amniocentesis to me. Yeah, I don't know. About and I that. thought that that couldn't be done for, like, a long time, like, farther into the pregnancy. So, so I don't know if any of our listeners are in – OB or infertility or anything like that, uh, or even maybe just a GP, let me know. What's the CVS? Because they never told us. Yeah. I have a quote here. I believe it is from somewhere in the Naomi and Sam of it all. Someone says, the hope of having the baby she didn't get the first time around. 
I had a problem with that. That part. That part. I was mm-hmm. like, oh, we're getting into some territory that you should not be crossing. Yes. And then the mother says to the Tanya and her uh, boyfriend, I'm going to say, like, I, I didn't like what she was saying to her daughter, but I liked the way that she was communicating. Um, and no, she yeah. said to them, you do not get to have it for sure. <sighs> yeah. it. They were just crossing some boundaries of their issues with disability and the eugenics of it all was very bad. Yeah. Just to say the least. I was like, if you really hate disabled people that much – like, just say it. Don't be infertility. It, that part. But also, just say it all out. Just say it with your whole chest if you're really going to try and make that point. Because I'd rather know who the terrible people are that, you know, think that way. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. I'd really like to know. Names, I... numbers, addresses. <laughs> hit me up. I... I, I really do have a big problem the more we go through this show. I have a big problem with Naomi's choice of specialty. That exactly yeah like she could girl you were in med school you could have specialized in anything so many other things but the fact that you with the way that you think and you see the world you consciously chose that and then you keep finding yourself in situations that you're deeply uncomfortable with or you feel the need to like push your views onto someone else maybe you should have done something else like anything but fertility like she would have been a great pediatrician i think she probably would have been a great general surgeon. She could have done geriatrics. Else. She could have worked in oncology. Like, yeah, anything. you want people with cancer to live? Okay. Yeah. That's yeah. kind of a point that people <laughs> don't really debate. So, like, maybe put her there so that she doesn't get herself into some terrible situations where she says some really terrible things. Yeah. And I, I do not want to say that Naomi is pro eugenics. Oh, no. But, uh, she is definitely anti-abortion and to be infertility and to be anti-abortion just seems like asking for trouble. To be, yeah, to be anti-choice in that field feels strange. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so dear listeners, please let us know what specialty you think Naomi should have picked instead of fertility. <laughs> so so- we stop talking about eugenics, please, for the love yes. of God. Please and thank you. Isn't there an ER storyline just like this one? There might have been. I There's so many episodes that I can't remember, but like most of ER is stolen by both Grey's and private practice. So, yeah. yeah. I remember um, like mid-seasons. I want to say it's Carter because everything is Carter. There's like <sighs> a girl with Downs and she's also a teenager. I believe she has brown hair and she's in the middle room with the three beds just to set you up geographically. Yes. In in the in the hospital, I um, feel like that I room. remember this happening. But there's all this talk about like I I think I think that the pregnant person is in foster care herself. So that's there's talk about like will the baby go into the system? Will the baby stay with her in the system? Like what will happen? Will this baby get adopted? Like I feel like I remember talk about this. If you don't, then I guess no one will. But maybe our dear listeners will know what I'm talking about. Yeah, but it just seemed very. I'm similar. gonna have to. I'm gonna have to like look this up if we take like a break because I'm, I'm gonna be the brain like the wheels are turning and um it's gonna bother me if I don't figure it out. <laughs> when, 
What an ugly laugh. I'm so sorry, dear listeners. Oh, that was glorious. Thank you so much. When uh, Sam and Naomi are talking again and Naomi says, if we had encouraged Maya to terminate and Sam goes, well, you did. (laughs) That I was, she kind of got me a little bit because there's that, that whole thing with how she views things, but then when it came to her own family, her own family, it's all of a sudden it's a different scenario. Of course, of course. I'm like, what? It's oh, it's so infuriating. You just got me onto <laughs> a topic that always drives me insane. So it does, it does. They make so many house calls on this show. Yeah, does that like really happen that frequently? N- no. I've That's, never yeah. had a doctor in my house who has never had a doctor in my house in my life. <laughs> yeah, that's not like a family member. Yeah, or or they're in a medical capacity at all. Exactly. Yeah. Like I'm under the weather. Let's call the doctor in. Like that's called I get taken over to urgent care. Yeah. Like I have this in the Tanya section, but it's not really the Tanya section, but I'm just going to say it so it doesn't get lost. Naomi says Addison is my best friend. I said, oh, well, still? Really? I'm proud of her admitting that Sam being with Addison hurts, but I was also surprised that Naomi still thinks of Addison as her best friend. Yeah, I would think that she wouldn't. I would also agree with that. Yeah. I certainly would not. It's very, yeah. I never really, I didn't write anything about that, but it's interesting that you bring that up. Yeah. Hmm. Anything else about Tanya before you move it on to the therapy era? I don't think so. Uh, it made sense why you put that under that category because that storyline ties into the, the Naomi Sam thing. Yeah. So kind of, I think I see where your brain was like going because it wasn't quite miscellaneous. All right. Doctors Charlotte King and Cooper Friedman with couples therapy. So per usual, dear listeners, if you're looking to avoid themes and discussions of Charlotte's attack, those timestamps will be in our show notes. What's your first note? I wrote, this is what we've all been waiting for. Like they've needed it for a long time. Meaning you like this storyline or meaning they need professional help? They need professional help. Okay. Because they do not communicate well or effectively at all. And if they want that to work, they need to learn some communication skills. Because, yeah, they've, since the beginning of their relationship, they've had so many communication problems. Like, they just don't talk to each other. Or when they do, it's at a terrible moment. And then it causes problems. Like, they need to learn how to sit down and have a conversation with each other in an effective manner. And this might be a good solution for them i'm not saying that couples therapy is like the end all be all for all couples like that is not at all because it does not work for some people and it works for some people it therapy is not a whenever i say that people like should see a therapist it's just my personal recommendation because i think that it may help them but it may not like i'm not saying everybody needs therapy but like if it works for you then heck yeah stick with it i mean if you're looking to improve yourself or improve your relationship or you care about your relationship enough to want to try everything to fix it, why wouldn't you try everything, you know? Yeah, just, like, give it a shot. If you don't end up liking, you don't have to go anymore. Exactly. Like, nobody is forcing you. I am not endorsing that everybody go to therapy because it might not be right for you for many different reasons. Yeah. But I do recommend it if you want to give it a shot because it has helped me and it has helped a lot of people. 
but I understand that it is not a end-all be-all for people. I do have to put the, that disclaimer out there because some people might be like, oh my god, this person needs to stop talking about going to therapy. But like, I just strongly recommend it. Yeah, you, you're you training to be one yourself. So it's not like you don't know of what you see. Yeah, so like I am going to be a little bit biased. <laughs> like, you do have to take it with that grain of salt. Switching gears completely, I just want to say that Charlotte's outfits are always top-notch. And I appreciate their, that her earrings aren't perfect circles. She always wears hoops, but they're not circles and they haven't been for yeah. a while. I didn't clock when they stopped being perfect circles. I wonder if it's thematic. Like if it's like a thematic thing. That's what I was thinking. I was like, am I going into my weird dramaturgical place again? But I think I wouldn't be surprised if it was around when Big Daddy died that they were no longer circle. That would be so interesting. Yeah. I kind of want to go back. I know. That's for my next for my next watch. Um Yeah. I we had Peggy's lotus earrings, which I am going to buy, and now we have Those these so teardrop ones. Cute. They're so beautiful, and they're just not perfect circles. I'm wondering if this therapist that they are seeing is in the same building because the blinds are the same as they are upstairs, and I'm wondering why these people don't travel outside of their building for anything. There are therapists elsewhere. Like, I understand this is convenient <laughs> for you guys, but, like, y'all are driving around everywhere all the time. Like, can we – like – it doesn't have to be just downstairs. Sure doesn't. Like, sure maybe they doesn't. got the recommendation from someone and was like, oh, one of my colleagues, blah, blah, blah. And they're like, oh, okay. But definitely filming locations are more convenient. But <laughs> they definitely just, like, reused a, a room or something. Oh, they definitely. It a little just, different. Yeah. Yeah. Put some different sofas in there. I agree. There you go. I also yeah. 98% forgot that he had kissed Amelia. <laughs> oh, interesting. I forgot. I forgot. I feel like I always remember that so well, but I always remember anything that has to do with Amelia, good or bad. I think maybe because it was so like not consensual, but not. It was in, so. Like, it a... was so jarring. Yeah, like, that's what I. Yeah, that's felt, not that it fell out of character, but it just felt so like, oh my god, this is happening like for like the scratch. moment that it it was a. Re- oh my god, thank you. That's like yeah, like pause wait a second what just happened yes and her response was so epic oh my god yeah she ate him up you mean amelia's response or charlotte's amelia's no amelia's response to like when it first happened that was yes and Um, her response to charlotte which we will yeah uh uh-huh oh we're about to have my charmelia moment yes how amelia didn't say i didn't kiss him back or like blamed it i mean even though that she didn't she, cause she literally like pushed him off of her, cause she yes. was like, "Do not do this." Like, yes, what is but wrong with you? How Amelia in that moment was so unselfish as to bring it back and give it to Charlotte, saying he might have kissed me, but he wasn't kissing me. It was about yeah. you. Like, would it matter if I did? Like, even if like I, cause I didn't, but like even if I did, like, would it really matter? Because that's not what it was about. No, yeah. It wasn't some, like, beautiful romantic chemistry moment. No. It was about him crying for help. Yeah. And her, yeah, this Charmelia moment. Listen, I will forever remain on my Charmelia soapbox. And this is something that I am deeply passionate about. Because, like, I think if this show was made in a different time, they could have absolutely had something. And Katie and Katerina have even said that it's something that they would have wanted to happen. So, like, you know give the people what they want 
And on, I forget if it was the Instagram Live with Kate Walsh and Amy Brenneman or if it was the Get Out the Vote with Amy Brenneman. But Amy Brenneman was like, I think Violet would be dating women today. Oh, yeah. I remember she said that. Yeah. I mean, like, regardless of Pete. I was like, where? Because that is one of my things about private practice. Where are all the gay people? You're in California. Where are the gay people? They do not exist. In your main cast, there is not a single canon queer character. I mean, retrospectively now, like... Amelia is a queer character and she was supposed to be yes from the beginning which is just something that got left on the cutting room floor which stupid even though she sa- she says some things in private practice that you're like mm, okay oh yeah um but you're in California and you have no like wait what <laughs> that's that it makes no sense to me <laughs> just at all that was always one of my things about private practice I was like where are the gay people but i am a massive charmelia truther i know it's non-canon whatever you can say what you want but like i've seen the fan edits and i see the vision (laughs) and like it's been a thing in my life for a very long time and it should have been canon that's all i'm saying the way that they care about each other is like no other and this moment is excellent they're acting they were wow rent was past due like <laughs> they were about to turn off the lights at home. Like it, th- it was getting serious for these two. So they were like, we got to put everything into this. And they did. Oh, excellent. Yeah. I'm really excited for us to see more in the future. Uh, I can't wait to talk about it. <laughs> talk people's ears off about it. Cause it's something I'm deeply passionate about. I can't wait. I like that Charlotte was telling Cooper, you told me something. Now I get to process it let me that that was so good that's a really great boundary and a really good effective way of communicating yeah and i was like they're learning things mm-hmm. cooper maybe not but eventually it's really yeah well yeah at this present moment no well murky but yeah i feel like he did most of his learning outside of therapy you know while everything was happening with charlotte he did his thinking and doing and charlotte obviously was preoccupied at that time so now she is processing in this room yeah and it's it's a lot and she needs space and she communicates that she's like you told me something let me have a minute before and it, she's definitely trying not to speak too quickly because she may sub- say something that she regrets because we know our charlotte king she is very passionate and once she gets going, she won't stop. And she recognizes that. And she's like, let me sit with this information for a minute. And she does. And then throw a glass against the wall. That might not have been the best idea. But I would not have thrown glass. But but I get it. It needed to happen. And it was excellent. So yeah. there's that. Charlotte walking into Amelia's office in that red collared v-neck button-up dress and black belt with dark tights. She's giving, like, very early seasons Betty Draper right now, and I'm here for it. I, like, I cannot even, you don't even, oh, my God, just wow, (laughs) wow, 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 wow. The faces that Margot is making right now, dear listeners. (laughs) A moment in my life, like, Charlotte King, yeah, Charlotte King is that woman, and Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And Amelia says. should be talking about it more. Yes, yeah. 
Amelia says, I'm a lot of things, but dishonest is not one of them. That part. And then she says, don't turn a cry for help into something that it wasn't. Wow. wow. I truly believe that Cooper should have given Amelia a heads up in some way. That part. Because he was fully aware that Charlotte was not happy about what happened and could possibly go and confront Amelia because it seems like something Charlotte might do. Yeah. And he did not. He just left her out there hanging. And she was so graceful in her response and she was so eloquent and like she handled it so well. But like she could have could have had a little heads up from Cooper. But then again, Cooper's not a great communicator. So (laughs) really it all comes back to that. When they're back in the couple's therapy room after that whole amazing speech about not moving backwards or forwards, he says, now we're 42 steps back. He's so goofy. Open those ears. Open those ears. Like, did you not listen to anything that she just said to you? But No. Hear but not listen. He never does. No. In one ear, out the other. That's exactly what just happened. I like that charlotte is taking responsibility for some of the poorer communication that she exhibited at the beginning of the relationship yeah and you know the archer of it all well yeah she says the lying and the cheating came from fear i'd lose you and didn't deserve a man like you i just really want to know why she is so much more clear-headed than violet ever is It's so fascinating to me. Charlotte could be any specialty. That's probably part of the reason that she has multiple jobs. Yeah. Anything else about our dear, dear Charlotte and Cooper? All I wrote was that uh, otherwise was that Charlotte is so fine. uh, (laughs) Because when they had that little moment, like, leaving that restaurant, like, her side profile, like, she was – she's so gorgeous. I know. I know. I had a moment because I was like, what? Like, I notice it every single episode, but every single time I'm like, wow, like, that's that's a woman. And she is just so incredibly beautiful. I'm like, wow. And it's a really good hair era for her right now. So I'm like, it's not one of her, like, interesting haircuts. My last note is that I'm just really excited for that kosher spring barbecue wedding. Can I get an invite? Like, am I allowed? Because sounds fire. I really, really hate to break it to you, but it was 12 years ago. Well, I might have gotten lost in the mail. <laughs> just like the letter to Hogwarts. I'm just a little disappointed that I didn't get invited to the uh, spring kosher barbecue. I'm not mad. I'm just disappointed. Where was my delicious kosher food? Made with nothing but love. That's all I'm saying. (laughs) On to miscellaneous. About eight minutes in, I think that Amelia is eating one of those yogurts where you add the candy to it. Like the lid has like crunch. Oh, yeah. Like the Chobani flip type. Yeah. But like pre-Chobani, I want to say it was like Danimals. And I, I just really, I love that for her. I love a Chobani flip. I mean, not that specific kind because most of them have nuts and I can't eat those. But, mm-hmm. like, I love the idea of it. Yeah. Because, like, putting something in yogurt, good idea. Yeah, it's just like why Ben and Jerry's yogurt is – I mean, Ben and Jerry's ice cream is superior because – There's things in it. You put things in chocolate and it gets even better. The half-baked will forever be one of the best flavors. It's so good. 
superior. Absolutely superior. Now I want some. Most of my miscellaneous notes are just quotes about what Violet said about people. I'll just go through. Um, Amelia says, oh, where you basically call me a whore? And Sheldon says, cheating on Pete with me and then chucking me overboard. Cooper says, man child. Oh, I literally have a bullet point that just says man child. Man child. Someone says, you took some cheap shots, which I would absolutely agree with. And then, um, dear, dear Violet says, and I quote, I have the small caps. I probably should have gotten your permission before starting all of this. Dear listener, the way that I guffawed and truly laughed out loud. I was, wow. She could just take them out of the book. She doesn't have to cancel it, I guess. Like, she should, but, like, she doesn't have to. There there are too many characters, lady. Like, edit. Like, I'm not going to care about these people who work in your office when I'm really here to hear about how somebody cut a baby out of your tummy. Yeah, like, how much does this have to do with, like, what you're actually trying to say in the book? Or are you just really trying to, like, start some drama? Like, get drama. people talking? Absolutely. She's a messy woman who loves drama. Yeah, she's just trying to share her trauma with the world. The trauma drama. She, yeah, she's a fan yeah. of that. These doctors did not have, did not consent to having their dirty laundry aired to the world. Aired out publicly. And like, I do. By something that's going to be read by like possibly lots of people. Yeah. And like, I do want to say like these doctors, not just like these people, but these doctors, like these are professional people. Amelia saying filter to Violet must have been so fulfilling. Oh, that had to have been so good. She had, she's been like waiting. She's like had yeah. that one stored up and she's just like sitting there like waiting for the proper time to finally drop a filter. Yes. Remember when you've been saying that to me ad nauseum? Yeah, here you go. Here you go. The least she can do is make it fiction or something. Like it's based on a true story, but... I also feel like more people would read a fiction book that is based on a true story rather than like nonfiction. Yeah. At least. Yeah. Because at least with like the fiction style, you can then kind of like make things into where they don't seem like real people. So like this could have just, I mean, but they're all going to know then still that like you're using bits from their lives and you just need permission for all that. When people Google them, this is going to come up. Like this is going to be the first thing that comes up. Yeah, Amelia Shepherd whore is going to be in, like, Google searches. <laughs> like, like, no. <laughs> Not doing good things for women in the workplace. No, this is setting feminism back. You hear that, Violet? That's what you did. That's your impact. <laughs> the insults that they are giving her are not deep enough. I don't really want to get into what I would say. No, they were they were being very nice. They were being nice. They were being nice. Like, um, Naomi was like, I've never seen you reach for the check. That's not anywhere near what she was saying about them. Well, the things that I would have said would not have been allowed on network television. So True. True, true, true. They would have been like near cut. Yeah. And some, I guess, notes about that that I have written are actions have consequences. Yeah. Like she's like, why are you guys so mad at me? And it's like, dude, you did something that like made everybody really angry. Yeah. Let them process that because that's what you would probably say as a therapist. Like, okay, take your time to process that. Girl. Wait, are you are you telling me that Violet Vi- Violet is is a, a therapist? Yeah, right? That's what? crazy. I know. What? It's almost like she makes it her entire personality. Oops. <laughs> I love Amy Brenneman, but Violet really on my nerves. Yeah. 
No, I mean, that's a recurring theme on this podcast. Amy Brenneman is incredible. I feel like I just I just heard you guys talking about that in that episode with um, Science with Sarah. Yeah. Uh, that you guys were talking like, Amy Brenneman's great, but like, and it's like me with like Audra and Naomi. Yeah, of course. I mean, that's why acting is professional. Love Audra to death, but like, I mean, unlikable characters are also great because like if we liked everybody in a show all the time, it would be like not the best or more entertaining thing to watch. But sometimes Violet, I'm like, girl... Get off your high horse for two seconds. Oops. Who said that? <laughs> not me. I was not confused, but I just would not have forgiven Violet that easily. Like everyone just changed their minds and was like, yeah, you can publish it. It's totally fine. I would have been like, no, I would have no. stood my ground. I would have been so mad. Just like take me out. Right? <laughs> Leave me out of this. I don't care if I don't get royalties or whatever. They won't anyway. And if you're going to include them, exactly. If you're going to include them and air out their business like this and they're not getting royalties, bro, you are profiting off of possibly ruining their lives a little bit. Absolutely. That's a choice. All right. Well, here I am on uh, Sam's deck with the Sam Naomi kiss that we can't not talk about. I mean... I uh, wanted to fast forward through the scene on that the deck part. because I, I knew what was going to happen and I just did not want to watch it because as much as I am not on the Sam Addison train, Hate it. I I don't want – like the trio is really what I'm over and like Sam being in the middle of it. I'm like, so sick of it. We're tired of a love triangle. But I just like it's going to blow up. Because it never goes well. Nothing nothing has been good about it. Nope. And then I have, ugh, this kiss is so ugh. Not that it wasn't a cute kiss on the beach, whatever. Like, these two people can kiss each other as much as they want. I don't care about that. But just, like, knowing the ramifications of what is going to happen to these three characters because of that. Oh, God. Our, our sweet, sweet co-host Mimi is also still watching along with us for the first time, and she sent me a brilliant snap, screaming and swearing, and it was great. <laughs> oh, that's like, excellent. Cool, cool, cool. Here you are. I'm like, uh, I see where you're at now. Yeah, I get it. The feeling yeah. is mutual. I just don't scream at it anymore because I've seen it enough times. Of course, of course, yeah. But I bet you when I watched it for the first – I don't even remember watching it for the first time. It feels like it was so long ago. All right, any other miscellaneous? I don't think so. Sam's style is Charlotte's maroon button-down dress with the black belt and the dark tights, and there's this, like, small black rectangular watch, and it's Peggy's earrings, which I will be buying as soon as, you know, I buy them, but I will be buying those lotus earrings from Peggy. Like, what else is there to say about it? Like, yeah, we did unpack it earlier, and my brain rot about it. I was very close to giving it to violet and that green that dress, sweater the dress green... but then yeah but then the charlotte of it all happened and you were like oh i can't just give it to a sweater dress can you tell me about our guest star spotlight oh of course i can we've mentioned her already by name because she is an icon she's one of those people that you see her in something and you're like oh my god hey like <laughs> how's it going um because she's so recognizable as well but it's miss liza Weil. Applause sound effect. Woo woo. Yeah, she's excellent. We love her. So she was born June 5th, 1977 in New Jersey. Gemini queen. She is a Gemini. I was just about to talk about the fact that she's a Gemini. 
I love knowing people's signs for like literally no reason. She grew up doing local theater and eventually kind of moved into like regional productions and even did some off-Broadway work. So we love a woman of the stage. She is also famously a woman of the screen because we just watched her in an episode. And you may or may not recognize her from some iconic guest star moments, such as when she played Samantha Sabricki in ER. Iconic. Ooh. Traumatic. Uh, <laughs> Traumatic. Uh, she played uh, Karen Larson in an episode of The West Wing, Andy in Private Practice, and then she played Allison Clark in an episode of Grey's Anatomy. And she's best known for um, playing Paris in Gilmore Girls, Bonnie in How to Get Away with Murder, and then Amanda in Scandal. So she is a Shondaland four-timer. Like, she's been in four Shondaland shows. That's like... I think that's like one of the most, honestly. I'm wondering if she will be on Station 19. I feel Probably like she, not. Come, she could come in. I mean, why not? We have three big triple crowners. Not to say that I think she's too big for Station 19, but like, I'd be interested. I feel like if it would have happened, it would have happened already. Maybe they're just trying to How get to get away with murder like was happening. No, but they're two different universes. No, I know, but like I f- in terms of like filming and things like that, like I don't know. I feel like I don't know. I just feel like it would have happened already. But it'd be interesting to see if she know. made five shows. That'd be crazy. Like that would be great. That'd I be mean, truly, four. Truly I don't know if I've come across like the stats of anybody being on four of them. We'll keep an eye out. Yeah, she might be one of the most, honestly, in terms yeah. of Shondaland frequent flyers, and maybe aside from Tracy Tom's. Oh yeah, because she shows up. At, girl shows up everywhere, and I'm like, "Hey, she's back again." <laughs> <laughs> I love that. In for multiple her. universes. While we're on universes, I just want to remind our dear, dear listeners that obviously, Private Practice, Grey's, and Station 19 are in one universe, but we know for a fact that How to Get Away with Murder and Scandal are in another universe, and in fact, that same universe because they have had a crossover. And Fitz is the president in Scandal and How to Get Away with Murder. And it is said in Grey's Anatomy that Obama is president. Like, obviously not now, but in, like, season 10, 11, Obama is canonically president. So, like, Grey's and Private Practice are in the universe that we live in, and that's why they are my friends. And Station 19 is in that as well. And then Scandal and How to Get Away with Murder is in another universe somewhere else in a galaxy far, far away. Yeah, some alternate timeline where... Things happened very differently. But back to our dear, dear Bonnie, Andy. Oh, Bonnie. I, every time I think of Bonnie, I can't stop thinking about the Bonnie wake up clip that went viral on Twitter. Um, and people use it as a reaction meme all the time. And it's like out of context. It's so bad, but it's so funny. I actually don't know if I'm privy to that. I'll look it up after. Oh, it's hilarious. I mean, if you've seen all the way, all of How to Get Away with Murder, but... Yeah, I just don't know if I know the meme of it all. Oh, okay. We'll talk about it not on the pod. Okay. Fun fact about Miss Liza Weil is that she was married to Paul Edelstein, who plays Cooper, from 2006 to 2017. They're married for a long time. I remember I was reading that and I was like, oh my god, I forgot about that. Like, I I actually don't think I knew until I was doing this episode in the trivia. Yeah, and I remember when they split up, but like only like peripherally. Anything else about our dear Paris Geller, Liza Weil, Andy, Bonnie? No, but she's like, she shows up everywhere. She's, she stays booked and you love to see it. Because I remember when I was watching ER, I was like, there's no way she's here too. Like, there's absolutely, 
I like can't think about her on that show too hard or I get really upset. So well, I'm just not going to. Because the circumstances aren't pleasant. So yeah. Yeah. yeah we'll, we'll just uh, continue on to our trivia. <laughs> All right. This episode scored 6.44 million viewers. This is the first of two episodes in the entire series that don't feature Kate Walsh as Addison Forbes Montgomery. As we just learned in our wonderful guest star spotlight, Liza Wilde, who plays Andy, used to be married to Paul Adelstein, who plays Dr. Cooper Friedman. Liza Wilde, who plays Andy, also played Allison Clark in an episode of Grey's Anatomy. It seems like more than one episode to me, but like, fine. It was only one. I didn't look it up. So that's season five, Izzy's friend during chemo and IL2. So I feel like it was at least two episodes, but you know, Grey's wiki is the truth. It was only one I'd re- I remember it. it so distinctly. Like, trust me on this. I, I trust you. I trust you. Jennifer Aspen, who plays Lara, also played Elena in an episode of Grey's Anatomy. That's the girlfriend of one of the conjoined twins in season two. Helen Slater, who plays Aaron George, also played Nadia Shelton in an episode of Grey's Anatomy. This is season two. She has ulcer surgery, but it keeps getting pushed back, and her family is really big and not happy about it. It's like uh, George and Izzy, I believe, who I'm remembering in there, and then it ends up bursting. And anyway, just watch it. It's a fun episode. It's a Christmas episode. I remember that episode. Now. It just clicked in my head. Yep, 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 yep. Michelle Arthur, who plays an unnamed psychiatrist, also played Brooke in an episode of Grey's Anatomy. This is during the train crash in season two. She and her best friend are both pregnant, and they were going to, like, raise their babies together, but they were both hurt in the train crash while super pregnant. And she is a triple crown with Station 19, which is cool. Matt Roth, who plays Jack, also played Michael Belight in an episode of Grey's Anatomy. This is in season two. His adorable son was hit in the head at a baseball breakfast, and Meredith gives him burr holes, like, in the room, which is cool. And then the father, a.k.a. Matt Roth, pukes on Nurse Debbie. That's our trivia. Now we have – neither of us can remember what we called it. Margot's something. What do you want to be? I have no clue. I do not perceive me. Margot's mumblings. Something like that, Yeah. Okay, that's, that's what we'll make it. Have Margot's mumblings. <laughs> that's goofy. I love it. I need something <laughs> a little silly and goofy. Yes. Any for us without spoiling things? Or anything you'd like to talk about from earlier in the season that you haven't been? Anything at all? It's been like a relatively heavy season thus far. So I was glad that like I didn't have to be in around all of that because that stuff is just yeah. it's a lot. And it's a lot to process. Ratings and MVPs, I have not made a rating yet. I'm just going to pull it out of my hat again. I have a section Um, written for one and it is empty. Yes, yes. Okay, so MVPs first. My MVP is Sheldon for being honest with Violet about the book and for figuring out Andy wasn't being truthful about her DID. Sheldon is my MVP. How about you? Sly. My think my mvp is amelia and this sounds incredibly biased (laughs) but like hear me out because the way that she handled this whole situation like she could have absolutely snapped at charlotte and like been like so defensive over herself and like tried to like really change the situation or like whatever but like she really like gave charlotte i think something that she needed to hear and like kind of put her on the right track so that she didn't like you know 
completely shove Cooper out of her life or shove her out of her life. Like, I don't know. I think in the circumstances that they were in, she responded in a very good way, in a way that made kind of Charlotte reevaluate the whole situation. Yeah. Okay. I came up with a reading in that time. Okay, you go first because I literally do not have one. Okay, that's fine. I didn't either. So mine is deciding what beach to go to. Oh. Okay, you know you're going to Florida, and then you know you're going to Miami. But, like, which beach are you choosing to go to and why? They all have different, you know, feels, different personalities you might say and I'm not saying that because of Andy's DID I'm saying like I'm thinking specifically like they're in Santa Monica and Santa Monica has a very different feel from say Venice which is just south like you can walk to it and then a very different feel from Malibu which is just north of it so it's all about where you go and what you make of it which I think is true for you know Andy's storyline Jack's storyline Tanya's storyline everything can be very different with just a few changes in plan and choices on the beach that's excellent my rating could be like one of those breezes off the beach that starts to make like your umbrella like kind of turn inside out like Mm -hmm. things are happening things are moving and you're just waiting for the umbrella to flip over like for everything to just because when that happens when you're stuck outside in the rain or like in a massive wind and your umbrella just flips inside out your day is just like done it's humiliating and it's humbling and it's terrible and there's just a lot happening right now that like feels like the wind is coming um, more probably specifically in reference to the Naomi and Sam of it all and then the Addison of it all that will then you know yeah. start to develop the wind is coming and the umbrella is gonna flip inside out it's just when is it gonna happen that's a great one I just thought about that I don't know if that really happens yeah. on the beach that frequently but I'm just no, gonna it does. go with it's it. very windy okay it's very windy and a lot of times people use umbrellas to sh- shade from, from the, the sun, sun and exactly not necessarily rain yeah yeah, beach umbrellas are a big thing. I mean, I've vacationed before. Yes. But like in terms of frequenting the beach, that is not something that I do. Yeah. Currently, cannot do that. Currently inside under blankets. Because it's cold. I mean, it's not as mm-hmm. cold. It's like, it feels like 33 right now. That's not bad. That's not bad. It's not negative. So. No. <gasps> yeah, we're not going to, we're not going to share the temperature just for you and your beautiful mental health. <laughs> Thank you for joining us for this week's episode of Beach Houses and Babies, a private practice recap podcast. Please follow us on Instagram at BHAB Podcast and be sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Anchor, or now Amazon. Someone suggested we were on Amazon and sent us an email, so here we are. We're on Amazon as well to hear future episodes. You can find me at Samantha G. Harris on all social media. And you can follow me nowhere. <laughs> Do not perceive. Do not perceive Margo. me. If you'd like to support Beach Houses and Babies, please consider leaving us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify and sharing it with a friend. It really helps people learn about the show and we might read your review on the podcast if we ever get another one. You can also become a member of our Patreon community at patreon.com slash BHAB podcast. On our next episode, we'll be discussing Private Practice Season 4, Episode 16. 
They're all available to stream on Hulu and can be purchased on iTunes, Amazon, DVD, and more. If you have thoughts you'd like to share with us on these episodes, please DM us on Instagram at bhabpodcast or email us at bhabpodcast at gmail.com to be featured on our listener mail segment. Thanks for listening. BHAB Podcast will be back in two weeks. TGIT. It's like my customer service voice. What can I get started for you today?